ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. This is episode 100, 100 episodes in the bag. I would title this show, Brokenness to Breakthrough. It always happens for a reason Over and over we're trying to heal ourselves All the shame and tears will chase away And all these times are gonna change Broken man indeed. This is your host, man, Russ Shaw. I am the broken man, all right? Um, I'm kind of a disaster. I'm kind of a mess. Less of a disaster than I used to be. But at the same time, I'm not an expert. I'm not your counselor. This is not digital counseling going on here. Um, I'm studying some stuff to become a life coach one day. I'm not doing that yet. Uh, not. Please consult like a, uh, I don't know, a counselor psychologist, if you really have an issues with this, you really need somebody to talk to, man, go do that. Do that right away. Pastor, counselor, psychologist, whatever it is for you that you need to do, you feel your heart needs something right now, then do that. Uh, the show's going to be a little intense today. I love you guys. I'm going to answer some email. I'm going to uh, do a little review of the Fifth Commandment and talk about an orientation towards the the five shalt nots, okay? Um, if you're just joining us, um, in the middle of a series of shows, I'm doing the Ten Commandments. Um, a lot of new listeners to the show. Let me tell you what's going on here. Um, I listened to a series of lectures uh, driving around in my van as I do my job by a guy named John Frame at this theological seminary, uh, Reformed Theological Seminary over there on the east coast of the United States. John Frame, brilliant guy. Uh, I also listened to a, uh, a, a CD by a punk rock band called Good Charlotte who made an album called The Chronicles of Life and Death. And the collision of these two things inspired me to do these shows. Um, The Holy Spirit used a punk rock band and a theological professor to have me talk about sexual integrity. So, that's what I'm doing here today. Um, My credentials for doing this show are are this. I've been there. I'm almost five years clean. Um, I thought I could never get there. I was just totally jacked up. I was a total mess. I had tried and failed thousands of times. That that lyric in that song, I got one chance left to make it through. I know how that feels because you just feel like, man, if I could just, just please, I need one more, just one more chance to do this because I can't take it anymore, right? I've been there, man. I know what that feels like. But listen, you may fail, you may fail another hundred times, and you can keep getting back up, and you can keep fighting this thing, all right? It's going to take help, it's going to take you submitting yourself to someone or something out there that knows more than you do. Because, uh, you know, going back to the first commandment, whether you believe this or not, um, you make a pretty horrible God, right? 
And listen, when I say that, I have my atheist friends and my agnostic friends who are just about done with the religion and the Jesus talk, and I get that. But here's here's what I want you to understand, and here's my point in doing this series of shows, is that um, you have a doctrine, right? You have a, a system of beliefs and heart-level um, things that you know and that you've learned and, and the way you act and react throughout your life. Okay, that's that's part of the belief system that's been built up that that you understand. True, it's where you let your hope rest. It's what you place that that hope in, right? Every day, that faith in faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. And um, for my atheist friends, um, the atheist deal is it's a theory. Okay, my friend who's a college professor will tell you it's it's a theory. It's it's just you're putting just as much faith in that as I am in Jesus Christ. So, but beyond that, all right, beyond the the technical nuts and bolts of theology, what I'm really after is your heart and not your head. So I want to focus on that. Um, check this out. This is uh, something I posted on a blog. I got it off uh, dictionary.com, and there's several different. Um, definitions of religion, but I wanted to focus on a couple of them here. Um, the practice of religious beliefs, the ritual or observance of faith, something one believes in and follows devoutly, a point or matter of ethics or conscience to make religion of fighting prejudice, uh, strict faithfulness, devotion, um, one religion's uh, vow. Right, the vows that we take, and and here's the deal. One of the things that I love this song because it it points some of this out. And and for us in recovery, we just get so tired of wasting our time, and we feel like, man, if I could just be broken, if I could just be, uh, if I could just feel enough, then things will change. If I could just have enough motivation by either bustedness or having, I, I don't know. But do you know what I'm saying? Check this out. Here, these words are better than my own. When will enough be enough? When will it be not about emotion anymore? When will we break to that? Love that song. Um, let me tell you what's going on here also. A lot of new listeners to the show. I'm a Christian guy. Yes, I, I don't believe in, in secular versus Christian music, right? And I know that, that some of you have a problem with that. Um, and I want to address that going into 
to be kind to my uh, Christian religious type friends. Like there's a lot of people that say, well, once you become a Christian, you should just listen to Christian music. Um, I don't believe there's any such thing as Christian music, all right? There's a genre called Christian music, but that can mean a lot of things, okay? There's songs about Jesus, and there's songs about life and other stuff, and there's songs that about how God created the world and how the world just is. That's one of those songs, right? That's a, one of those songs where, where a guy's saying, hey, this is how I feel. This is where I'm at. This is how things just are with me right now, okay? So when we put Christian music in a box like that, it's kind of idolatry, all right? Going back to the first commandment, while I'm in this series of shows, you're making your system or your style of music kind of like God. And if we don't listen to that kind of music, then somehow we're we're making rules that just aren't in the Bible, all right? Um, yes, there's something good about listening to songs that are about Jesus, but as far as Christian music is concerned, um, music isn't Christian because it doesn't have, like, a soul, right? Does that make sense to you? Like, um... It can't. It's it's not a Christ. It's not Christian because it's not it's not a person. Okay, Christianity is is being something. Being Christian is a person, and when they create something, you could say that's Christian artwork or whatever because it's made by a Christian. There's a lot of band members who are Christians who make really good music, and some of it's about Jesus, and some of it's just about life and the way God created things to be. So. I pray that you can stick with me. If you have a problem with any of that, you can email me um, at russ at asi247.org. You know, I could name a bunch of different Bible verses that to go with this, but I'm not going to do that on the show today for sake of time, and I don't want to bore the heck out of most of my listeners. Uh, But I will say this, because I think there's a lot of churches that get into trying to create their own little subculture. Um, What this really is is just... Keeping it's like groupthink in, in social psychology. You're just trying to create your own little sect, and it's more cult-like than Christian. Okay, it's creating your own little subculture. You know, Christian music has its own little kind of feel, and its own the little genre that it has is is separate from the rest of the culture. It doesn't really sound like the rest of the culture, so it is its own kind of subculture. Do you understand that? And what you're doing when you do that is you're taking all that energy that Jesus will say should be out to um, plant churches and make disciples and and talk about the gospel, the good news, not religion, but the a news story that's that's happened that you get to report, okay? Instead of spending all that energy on preaching to yourself does that make sense just creating your own little bubble that you can spend all this energy preaching into instead of looking at what's in the culture and trying to influence and impact the culture for real to 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 be able to tell people this news right again news a a a bunch of facts uh, uh, facts and stories that are very real, they're very emotional. It's very good news how much God loves us. See, the enemy of the gospel is religion. Um, the gospel meaning good news, okay? Like if you had somebody said, hey, there's a check. It, all you have to do is go get it. It's in your name, and if you go get it, it's like a check for a million dollars. That'd be good news, right? Wouldn't that change your emotional state if you found out that news? Okay, that's the gospel. 
Religion says there's a check out there for a million dollars, but if you're going to go get it and cash it, you can't have any fun anymore. Your your joy in your life is done. There's no more of that. You have to join our little subculture and listen to lame music and watch lame movies. Okay, And I'm not saying that all Christian music is lame and not all Christian films are lame. Just most of them. <laughs> okay, that's just the truth. Sorry, but most of that sub-Christian-y, subculture-y, poppy, wonderful, fuzzy puppy dogs and ice cream. It's just... See, there's there's big chunks of the Psalms. Here's Christian music, for example. The Psalms are, are, are just heart-level pouring out of people who are trying to figure out this God and singing to this God and, and trying to communicate with this God. And a good percentage of those Psalms are about lament. You just don't hear a lot about that that in Christian music. You just don't hear a lot of it. Not all Christian music, again, but just a lot of it. It's a lot of it's poppy and fuzzy and let's all feel good and eat a candy. See, because there's a whole hurting world out there that needs to hear this news. And their style may not be your style, okay? They may think that's lame. And just because you like the style doesn't mean everybody else has to. And for you to say that and for you to ostracize people who don't like your style is religion and it's wrong. And to say that there's such a thing as secular music, that song I just played earlier in the show is not by a Christian band, but does it have emotional connotations towards someone who needs to hear some good news? Yes. Having said that, I play bumpers on the show of, of bands. Um, one of the verses you can look at, if you go to the website, ASI247.org, um, that was a bumper of the song. I divided it, cut it up. Uh, that's for a lot of legal reasons. I can't play a whole song on the show, right? Um, but I can promote the song, and I have links where you can download the song from the website for, through iTunes or whoever, Amazon. Um, so you do that on ASI247.org. You click on the Music tab. At the beginning of the Music tab, actually, at the beginning of the website, when you open that page, when you click on the Music tab, there will be a, a Bible verse right out of Mark uh, chapter 7 about what I just said, and you can read that. And, and it's really what Jesus says about what makes a man unclean, okay, from the inside out. It's an inside-out thing. It's kind of the point that I keep trying to go to on the show, that you can't stuff rules and religion into you from the outside. You can, but that has a very low tolerance, right? It just doesn't last very long. You can't handle the rules. Unless I get in your heart and you do them out of reverence and out of love, then it just isn't going to work long term. That's my um, my experience. And, and with talking with people, it's a, it really is a heart thing. And that's what Mark 7's about. And like a lot of passages where Jesus is going off on religious people, which is usually the only people he's going he's the only, they're the only ones that Jesus has like harsh words for. Right? And the point I want to make with this and the point I want to make with uh, the last 
series of shows is how we learned how we got here through our parents and the love relationships that our parents teach us more than book knowledge and, and smart knowledge and all that. The people that we grow up with, emo- those emotional investments that they made in us really do start to shape who we are. And listen, but the future is empty pages, okay? And that's something I talk about a lot. I want you to understand that desire is changing you, all right? Desire is changing you every day. I've talked about that a lot. You're like a like a water hose, like a garden hose with no shut-off valve, and you continue to water different plants of things in your life. You're always doing that. Right? Another metaphor for you. Like your your life is like an engine, Okay, and you're burning fuel, and you're constantly looking for fuel to burn, to to burn better, to burn cleaner, to to make you feel better, to to comfort you when you're hurt, when things aren't making sense, when life is tough. Give me fuel to put in my tank to make this all seem right, to make it work, right? Here's some Metallica bumper for you. On I burn, amen. Uh, some Metallica for you there. Some Metallica lyrics I can actually agree with. All right, I don't agree with everything Metallica says. Some pretty dark music. I heard it was James Hatfield in an interview and talking about. Yeah, we're we're good at the negative stuff, right? The lament stuff. And some of the man, I'll be honest with you, some of the messages that Metallica puts out there, I just don't agree with. This one, I do. Uh, fuel. What are you burning? What are you looking to put in your tank? And that is a very emotional type of thing, right? Like, I think a lot of the message to that song is, you know, some of it's just anger. You know, anger is something you can put in your tank, make you feel something, have something pouring out of you that that makes sense or can make you feel alive for the moment, right? The Psalms are a lot like that. Psalm 109 is is like that, A, a psalm of cursing against an enemy. It's just a way to feel better. A lot of times when Jesus got angry, it was towards that, again, towards that religious crew. And I wanted to talk about why, and I wanted to talk about today, looking forward to the five shalt nots um, and dealing with what we've learned from our parents and how we rebel, okay? Because there is a good kind of rebellion, Yes, I said a good kind of rebellion, and I know a lot of Christian types are going to wince at that a little bit. Um, Again, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus is God in human flesh. He comes into this world as a missionary, right, to engage the world, and is he a rebel to a certain extent to the religious people? Be honest. To the Levitical lawgivers, and listen, Jesus wasn't against the law. He said that. He said that um, 
I didn't come to dispel the law, but I came to fulfill it. And that word to fulfill is like if you take rocks and you put them in like a tube, and that's like the law, right? And Jesus says, I'm here to fulfill it. It would be kind of like pouring concrete into that tube. I'm here to concrete. I'm here to set it. The law, I'm, I'm the last, the, the covenant, the new covenant, which is going to cement that law. And a lot of the cementing of that law had to do with attitude. Um, I wanted to answer some email that I got during the series, the last series of shows, and I know that's going to stir up a lot of emotion for a lot of you um, dealing with the parent wounds. And again, I encourage you to get help for that if that's eating at you still. If it's still on your mind, if it's still eating at you, something you need counseling for, you should do that right away. Don't put it off. This show is not digital counseling. And your issues with authority may really stem from mom and dad. You're having problems at work. You're having problems with your spouse. You're having problems in life. A lot of that can stem from, a lot of that can stem from how you grew up. But most of all, and this is what I want to get under, going deeper, to take a drill bit and drill a little deeper, is to say, like, because that's what part of my deal is doing the show: attitudes of sexual integrity. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a root guy. I want to figure out where the roots of a problem are, right? Like, I think there's a lot of thought out there that can be just driving towards um, fixing the thing, like a car, for example. We can take the the engine all apart, and and man, there's something, and you know, the heads and the valves and and the electronics and the computer system, and we can get all into that and be thinking about that and studying that. But, hey, um, is there gas in the tank? Like, maybe you should check that first. Like, maybe that's where your car won't start, you know, is that there's no gas in it. There's no fuel in the tank. You know, that's kind of a root thing. That's why I'm not an atheist. Even when I had my struggles with faith, I kind of looked at the roots of, of that, and it's... It's like the, you know, it's like eternity. Um, You believe in eternity. You believe in an eternal state, just like I do. You just think that it started with some big bang, right? Which I don't understand because there had to have been like eternal gas that made the big, I don't understand, right? Like God says, I am eternal. I am alpha and omega. I am the beginning and the end. I have no start. I have no beginning. I have no finish. That's God. God says that about himself. Science says that there has to be a, a start of everything. And yes, the physical world had a genesis, but God created that. God created time and space and material. And and to say that everything just popped out of nothing at all, that's really what you believe, right? You can take apart the engine and you can talk about all the molecules and all the stuff up here on the on the surface, but really what, what's the roots of it? You actually believe that everything came out of nothing. And I'm here to tell you that God is eternal and that he created you to be eternal. You are an eternal being and you will live on. You will burn on. You will pour out forever. And I love you and I want good for you. And that's why I'm telling you that because it's true. Because listen, and this is what I want you to think about, that it really isn't, it's, it's not really the authority, right? That's, whether it's the government or mom and dad, this trusting of authority. What it really comes down to, if you're really honest, and this is where I was in my heart, and this is what I had to really just struggle through in my recovery, was tearing down my attitudes of just having the cynical spirit towards everything, towards everybody that I didn't, somebody said something I didn't like, I didn't like that person personally, okay? This is what Jesus means when he tells the religious people they're going to hell, 
you, you don't love people. Love God, love people. That, those are the two things. Ultimately, we need Jesus to do both of those because we're not strong enough to even do that. But the point is, is his heart towards other people. The, the religious people's heart towards other people is cynical. It's negative. It's a spirit of, you're not in my crowd. You're not in my crew. You don't think like I do. You're not good and shiny and you don't look right, right? The Samaritans, that whole story. I don't have time to go into that. But that's the, both that whole argument that we, how do you look at other people? For you, behind your eyes, ask yourself that question. Do you have just kind of a cynical spirit towards everyone? Do you sit in your own group, think kind of crowd with your own social crew and just kind of critique the rest of the world? Do you have a heart and a spirit that can actually love on other people? Or is it all about what you think? Because really the roots behind that is you really don't trust anyone. It's not that you have a problem with mom and dad. It's not that they have a problem with authority. And then above that is God, above all of that. It's really, I just don't trust anybody. And I'm having a hard time loving anyone deeply, intimately. So when someone has a rule or an authority over us, we automatically kind of run in our hearts to that alone place. Because why do you have a shout not towards me? What are you, what are you out to hurt me for? You're out to hurt me. I know you are. That's why you place this law in my life. And I believe that's why Jesus is so fervently after the religious authorities of the time. A couple of emails I got from listeners about um, Jesus and the fifth commandment kind of going, okay, well, if if the fifth commandment is law, then why does Jesus tell the guy, um, you know what? Come, he he asked this guy to come follow him, and then the guy says, "I well, please, you know, I, I kind of want to, but I want to bury my dad first. I want to bury my father." And Jesus says, "Let the dead bury themselves. You know, come and follow me." And this kind of sounds mean, right? Like Jesus is telling this guy to break the fifth commandment. That's really not what's going on here. Um, if you look at the biblical culture is different than ours is right this is 2000 years ago it was as an agrarian society it was farms and people had animals and and stuff like that so you you had kids because you needed a workforce right the more kids you have that was a big blessing because you needed people to work your business which was your farm and what was going on here is this guy's dad was not dead okay Jesus wasn't trying to be mean. What was going on here is the guy was saying, hey, my dad, you know, I got to go back. I got to work the farm because my dad's going to pass away. I got to take over the farm and inherit the farm because that's my, you know, that's that's my business. That's a family's business. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you you do it now, right? You, You don't make excuses, because we do that, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll be a Christian when I get all my behavior right, which is just goofy. I don't know why some people say that, right? Bring Jesus into your heart. Let him clean you from the inside out. You don't dress up yourself. Clean up yourself. Kind of like some of these churches where you have to wear a suit and a tie to church, you know. You walk in, you print all shiny and clean on the outside, present yourself to God. You know, when I get all cleaned up, then I'll, no. That's not, it's not what, that's kind of the attitude that Jesus is going after, right? And again, if you go to a church where people dress up, I know that there's some good to that, right? You're trying to clean yourself up and look nice for the people. And uh, so I'm not going all after that. It just depends on your heart, right? Just don't fake it, I'm saying. Just 
you know, when I get all the money together, when I have everything all set, and when I look pretty to everybody, and when I'm satisfied with myself, right, when I inherit my dad's business, then I'll become a Christian. I'll be a, I'll give my heart to God. No, that's true. That's what Jesus is going after. Uh, another one is pick up your cross and follow me, right? Jesus says that, um, that your enemies will come from behind your own front door. You're, you know, I'm, I'm here, I, you know, I didn't come to bring peace, he says. I came with a sword. And that was conflicting for me because I heard the Christmas songs, right? Peace on earth and joy and peace. And uh, you're the prince of peace, I thought. Well, you're, you came to bring peace. Wait, you came to bring peace? Um, what he's going after here, and this this is mother against father. I mean, all of this. Another thing that people will question and, and have asked me about, isn't that kind of, you know, I want to trust this, but isn't that going against the fifth commandment, Russ? Um, for that, I want you to think about uh, the authority, all right? And how, especially with me talking about sexual ethics and, and Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, Mars Hill Church in Seattle. Um, it's marshillchurch.org if you want to check it out. Our pastor was just on Loveline with Dr. Drew. Uh, if you've heard of that show here in the United States, it's kind of worldwide, but he was recently on that show and, and talking about how sometimes talking about sexual ethics and people being in love and committing to one another and loving one another no matter what. Uh, some of that, for a lot of the culture, is kind of like water on a cat, you know? I mean, it's not peace. It's it, People, whoa, freak out. When you want to, and again, this is Jesus talking to the religious people. When you want to release people who are oppressed by loving on them, it's not always going to be about peace. And I talked a little bit about slavery in the last show, right? About how evil slavery is. And how slavery in the United States really is this uh, money, right? can be money. But in the United States, my favorite, my second favorite reformer next to Martin Luther was a guy named after Martin Luther called Dr. Martin Luther King. Love this man. His heart for releasing the captives, right? I mean, that that was not a... I mean, he did it with peace. He didn't raise a fist. He didn't have any, you know, scuffles. Dr. Martin Luther King had a peaceful campaign for civil rights. And he did it, and he pulled it off through love and truth and, and exposing and helping people see their own hearts. Was it peaceful in the beginning? No. I mean, people bombed his house. There was people that were killed and lynched. Jesus himself is put on a cross. And that's how Dr. Martin Luther King tells his people to love the people that are, you know, to hate the idea, to to go after and attack this idea of oppression, but to love the people who just don't understand. And that's the message of the gospel, right? Jesus comes into the world, God comes into the world as a man, dies on the cross on our behalf while we hated him. The last uh, message I got was from Facebook. I had somebody uh, Facebook message me. Um, it's better to email me, by the way, because sometimes the Facebook, I have a, a Facebook app on my phone, but Facebook doesn't tell me when I get a Facebook message, and I don't check Facebook all the time. So it's best to email me at russ at asi247.org. I do like Facebook, but 
for me to get messages or emails like this, it's just better to go through the email. Um, and I've got a lot of emails like this before in the past, so I'm I'm going to address this person and I'm going to address the many others who may be listening in this situation. A lot of women, especially women, it's, it's always women. I've never got a, a man with this kind of a situation where she is saying, my boyfriend is a sex addict and help me because there's a big issue here. And there's a lot of stuff in the email that I'm not going to go into, but um, the guy is getting help. The guy is in a, in a recovery program, right? Um, he has some issues with faith, but he's in a recovery program. He's paying lots and lots of money out to this recovery program, and they're kind of telling her that uh, you should divorce this guy because he doesn't really get it. Um, first of all, I wanted to start with this. Um, if the guy, for those of you whose man is not getting help and you're listening to the show for him, um, if he doesn't want help, he doesn't really love you. Okay, now I say that, and I know that's harsh, um, but I want to also say that back to myself. I'm thinking about that, and, and me and my wife in our situation, if a man came to me and said that to me, how would I react? Um, I don't really love my wife, because I would react emotionally. I would get very angry if some man said that to me. If another man told me I didn't love my wife, I would be freaking out, okay? I would have been angry, upset, hands in the air, the truth is that's a good reaction and it's a good way to get worked up. But when it comes, and this is another thing about the, the, the law, the Ten Commandments, the Old Testament law. Um, Jesus saying, if you love me, you will do my commandments. There's things that you do to demonstrate love. And one of them is getting help. Okay, and, and if you're a woman who's struggling with this, I pray that you give this CD, burn this to a CD or something, put it in his car, have him listen to it, because listen, dude, I've been where you are, and it hurts, and it sucks, and I am a worst case scenario, all right? That's why I want to get into coaching for this thing, because there's a lot of just crap out there, and I was a very, very tough case. I was very powerfully addicted to sex, okay? And you can't overcome this. Jesus will help you through this. And maybe you have a problem with that. You don't have faith or your relationship with God. Well, deal with it, man. Deal with your relationship with God, okay? I'm, I love you. That's why I'm saying this stuff. Don't just write it off. Maybe you, there are some things that you actually do not know, all right? Learn. You, this This system of beliefs that you've built your life on, the faith and the place, the thing you place your hope in every day, it's not working for you. That's why you're addicted. And for you to say, I don't need help, you're a fool. And you do not love your wife or your girlfriend or this person you say you love in your heart. You got those gushy little feelings. You know what? You actually have to do something. Get off your ass and love your wife, your girlfriend, okay? Sorry if that's too harsh for some of you religious folks. I'm getting worked up here. I'm talking to me back in the day. I don't want you to have to put your woman through 10, 15 years of misery like I did. I was horrible. That was a horrible thing for me to do. I deserve to be divorced, but I'm not. And, and divorce is another thing. If you're married, this is a different situation than if your boyfriend or girlfriend. This woman who uh, sent me this message is not uh, married. Thank God for that, because she can get out. She's not in a blood covenant. Men who choose not to marry, there's a reason for that. And I know that 
can become a heart issue. It can become that issue of trust. I just don't know if I can give my heart to someone for the rest of my life and sign that contract of marriage. There's a brokenness in you. It needs to be addressed. It's part of why you're addicted. You have an issue with intimacy. And sexual addiction has everything to do with intimacy. And a big hang-up that I had, and you probably have, is that critical spirit of distrust towards people who are trying to help you because you think they have an agenda or you think they're trying to do something to, to gain their own, whatever it is. That's what I would think. Well, this guy's just, you know, he's a doctor. He does this to make himself feel good about himself, right? Like, I'll put it on him. All my energy comes out of me, eyes off me, and I'll judge the person trying to help me. You need to see that kind of stuff in your heart because that's that critical spirit that I was talking about. That's that spirit of religion. That's where your fuel, the tank that you're you're pumping that octane into your tank that is a critical sin is out there kind of a spirit. And I don't know, maybe I'm breaking some of this in you, right? Brokenness to breakthrough. When you can actually be broken and realize that what you're doing is not working, that's brokenness. The word, the biblical word and the Bible for brokenness and this kind of uh, word that's in psychology called breakthrough they're very, very similar. They're one and the same. When you have a breakthrough, wow, I realize something, I see something, and I can change because of this news. Breakthrough and brokenness. Are you broken? Can you emotionally come to that place where, you know what, I just can't do it. I just, this doesn't, I don't want to do. I'm stuck and I'm frozen and please, God, help me. My name is Russ Shaw. I'm going to end the show right there. I love you guys. I know I got worked up on the show. I, I, my passion is because I love you, and I don't want to see any more women destroyed, and I don't want to see any men still languishing in their pain. I love you guys, and I pray that you can have this kind of heart. The website is asi247.org. My name is Russ Shaw. Um, send me an email if any of this is hitting you. I'd appreciate it. Uh, if you can send a donation to the show to help keep it on the air, to keep it flowing, to keep it going, uh, I pray that you would, uh, if you're feeling generous, if you're feeling led to do that, um, the website, asi247.org, is there. Um, you can you can do that through PayPal on there. I, I, I struggle to say that sometimes because I know that my own critical heart in the past would look at people asking for donations and say, you just want my money, right? Yes, I want your money. But I want to use it to help other people and keep this thing going. Um, again, I love you guys. And I feel led to pray the show out. Lord Jesus, I said a lot of um, heavy things today. And I pray for the listeners who are listening. And I pray for the women who are being treated horribly by men who, who just can't see. Lord, I pray that you would take the blinders off. That you would open their eyes. 
I pray for the single people who are stuck and aren't in love yet and, and aren't in those situations. And I pray for you to open their eyes as well, that they can find someone that they can put their hope and trust and love and, and actually place their fragile, jacked up heart in another sinful human being's hands. And to realize that you are sovereign over that and that you love them and they can actually do that. I pray for the women who may be breaking the first commandment in their relationships with men who do not really love them. I pray that they would open their eyes and see and not be continue to be victimized by people like that. I pray that they would trust and love you more than those guys who may be physically with them, but emotionally very self-protected of themselves. I thank you for making women love like they do, Lord. And I pray that you break us men to see that. If we have to be broken to see it, I pray that you do that. In your holy and precious name, I love you. We thank you. Amen. This is good, Charlotte. Bye. Lost and broken, hopeless and lonely, smiling on the outside, hurt beneath my skin. My eyes are fading, my soul is bleeding. I'll try to make it seem okay, but my faith is wearing thin. So help me heal these wounds, they've been open for way too long. Help me fill this hole, even though this is not your fault. Over your breath.